Happy New Year from the KBC Happy Hour with Richie Roy and Johnny Mac, North America's favorite bi-coastal and totally queer talk fest is now underway with these two motor mouths. Hello and welcome to the KBC Happy Hour. Hey Richie, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm actually really excited about today's show. I am too. We have some very special guests with us that we're going to start off the program with today. For the last couple of weeks, the Palm Springs International Film Festival has been underway, and this is one of the great festivals in the world. I am really happy that one of the movies that was shown here was Big Boys, and I was really bummed because I saw that there were three different screenings of it and I had conflicts at each and every one of them, which really bummed me out. So I reached out to the screenwriter and sent him a note and asked if there was a chance that you and I could check out screener copies of the, of the film. And I was delighted when he said yes, and even more delighted after I'd watched it and thought, wow, what a, what a great film. So it is our pleasure to welcome into our studios today Corey Sherman, who is the director and screenwriter, Allison Tate, who is a producer, and also they brought along Connor Capetillo, who is a line producer, and we're happy to have all of them with us. Welcome, guys. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for having us. We're super excited to be here. I have so many things that I'm thinking about this movie. I, I like, I'm, I'm like a mess. I, I watch the movie most of the time with like my fingers over my eyes because I related so much to the character. But, you know, for folks who have not had the chance to see the movie yet, do you want to just give us a little bit of a, of a synopsis of kind of like what the movie's about? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's uh, it's called Big Boys, and it's about a 14-year-old kid named Jamie who goes on a camping trip with his family, and his older cousin brings along her new boyfriend. And when Jamie meets this guy, he starts to feel things that he has never felt before towards another guy, and they're exciting, and they're confusing, and they're thrilling, and it's basically about the weekend of self-discovery that he has as he starts to, for the first time, really explore these feelings and questions of like I might be gay and what what does that mean to me and and he he does his best to get as close as possible to this guy Dan um who's this very important first crush to him and it's not you know it's it's a story about sort of like learning about yourself through a crush and um and growing up as a as a as a part of the process of getting closer to that person and being honest about who you are with them what I love about the movie is the stakes are low, but they could not be higher. You know, it's 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 at the end of the day, you know, a camping weekend. But the things that that Jamie goes through are so epic. And I love what I love about the movie. Uh, I mean, I love so many things about the movie. But one of the things that's really interesting to me is that, you know, he's a He's a bigger boy, which, you know, obviously the, the name of the movie gets to that. But it focuses on on him. Uh, the camera focuses on, on his body in a really nice way, in a really respectful way. But the camera also is a substitute for his eyes in a lot of the movie. You know, there's this scene early in the movie where it's, they're driving into the campsite and the, the camera focuses on these men <laughs> and i just love how throughout the movie that you're both you're both with jamie but you're also seeing through his eyes 
Thank you for saying that. Wow. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's exactly what we were hoping for. Um, a, what you were saying about the, the camera being respectful of his body in that way and never, never taking cheap shots at him or treating him like a joke, but really just um, letting him take up center stage as a three-dimensional character who's just a really interesting person to watch. And really what was most important is paying attention to his face. And Isaac, the actor who plays him, Isaac Krasner, is, has, just has such an expressive face and he just shows so much of what's going on inside his head and you just watch the wheels turn. And so that was always the most important thing to focus on in terms of the character. And then, yeah, in terms of his point of view, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you picked up on that because we did want to make it feel like we were really intimate with his private experience and his point of view on the world because that is it's like it's about such a loaded and emotional turning point in someone's life that they are keeping from everybody else around them it's just them and it it, it had you know at that time it can it can feel very isolating and lonely because you're not sharing any of these changes that are going on inside of you so i like the idea of like the camera being um, sort of com coming from his point of view and feeling close to him and intimate with him almost as like a just as like a as an access point for the audience so it feels like mm -hmm. we have special access to the character that nobody else has yeah and you you, you really set the the tone early on this is not a spoiler at all but there's this, this moment early in the movie right at the beginning where he's doing his laundry and he's staring out the window at a bigger bearish guy putting coals on a fire and and you just get this sense right away. You you get this like, oh, he's connecting. He's kind of like having thoughts. And you see him because he's the actor is so emotive with his eyes. And you just get this sense like, oh, he's like the wheels are turning. And just you start you start the movie off with this quiet moment, but that you get the sense that like he is he is kind of ready for this journey. And then the movie takes us on the journey. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, that's in large part a testament to Isaac Krasner's amazing acting ability and also our cinematographer, Gus Bendinelli, who I think puts the camera in exactly the right places in those scenes mm -hmm. to make you feel like just very intimate with Jamie. And it gives you this like window sort of into his soul. And I think he also creates just a really nice sense of mystery around what Jamie's feeling and seeing even these guys that he's watching across the fence are sort of shroud, you know, they're in shadow, they're far away. And I think Gus did a really wonderful job of sort of creating a sense of like a first, first dipping your toe into the deep end of what these feelings might, might be like. Um, yeah. How much of Jamie's story is coming out from Corey's story? Um, there, that was, I guess, Corey's story was the jumping off point. Um, there was a lot of details and moments from my own life that I really wanted to put into this movie. I think as a way of processing and dealing with them, almost as like a f form of therapy, but then also because I felt like I hadn't seen some of the specifics that I had experienced in, in movies and TV before, even though I, I had this feeling of like, I think other people have gone through these things. And it was really exciting to me to make something that tried to capture it in sometimes painstaking detail and uncomfortable detail, but really with the ultimate goal of being as honest and fresh and funny as possible about it and compassionate so that other people who had gone through those things could relate and feel like just seen and celebrated and, and understood. Yeah, there's not just Dan who's the target of the attraction, but uh, as you point out, he's there with his cousin and his brother as well. 
and Will, the brother, is a little bit older than him uh, and uh, a little further along in the maturing of, of wanting to uh, go off girl hunting. Uh, and his cousin, uh, she, you know, has created kind of the, the real conflict here because she's brought along this boyfriend who he did not think was coming and he thought that it was going to be him and his sibling and, and the cousin. And they... Uh, end up having this other guest uh, for person going along on the trip but uh it it seemed to me that it was also interesting uh and again i don't want to give anything away but how in the course of the film progressing that uh jamie's relationships with both his cousin and his brother uh, grow a lot in this as well. And and was it your intent to give him a sense of all will be okay? Yes, totally. I did want to, it to end on that note of a feeling of um, hope for the future. Like things will be all right for Jamie. Like he's already like done a lot of the hard work to get towards a to, to get on a path towards a happier, more honest life. And I wanted to leave off on a note of like, okay, like um, it may it may seem small on paper, but like these are some these are big important steps I think for any queer person um, to really just like come into their own and, and feel okay about who they are. And I and I like the idea of like leaving leaving Jamie off on that sort of high note of like he's he's going to be more than okay. Like I think he's going to be great. And yeah, and just in terms of his changing relationships with his family members, that was an important part of this too. Is like being like growing up in a way where sometimes the relationship that you had as a child just no longer fits or feels right. And so you have to adapt. And I think a big part of that is just being more honest with one another about what you're feeling. And, and I think that there's, we, you know, we tried to create these smaller relationship arcs with the family members to express that it's not just about Jamie coming into his sexuality, but also just his own personhood and his own individuality. Right. And that's where that's where for me, like why I watched a lot of the movie again, like through my like, you know, through my clenched fingers. Yeah, because um, I, I related so much to the character in terms of like I can remember, you know, older guys that I desperately wanted to impress yeah, and pulled out all the stops and, you know, and just, you know, sort of like. It embarrassed and debased myself trying to just tap dance and make them want, you know, make them think that I'm cool. And I just, that, that whole thing like really resonated for me, um, you know, because again, uh, you know, he's kind of figuring out he, at the beginning of the movie kind of doesn't even know exactly what's going on here, but that just, there's this guy that he, his cousin's boyfriend that he is both wary of and somehow for mysterious, like, you know, you know, undercurrent reasons desperately wants to impress. And, uh, you know, I, I just really, it, you know, that, that really was powerful for me. And, and I saw, and there were, and the thing that was really nice for me watching the movie was to see his, you know, obviously there were moments of, of tri trials, but the little wins, you know, it's like, it's what you want to see. Again, I don't think it's a, a giveaway or anything, but just, there's just moments in the movie like, you know, a, a, um, 
a parlor game that just goes right, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it just, when you're that age, that is everything, you know? And just, I love that. That was just so satisfying. And there are so many little moments in the movie that are both so real and so satisfyingly happy. So, I, I again, I just, I really thought, like, again, I was cringing because I saw myself in the movie and just so happy to see, you know, how the timbre of the movie kind of, you know, ultimately sort of ended up. So it was really, it was a great, it was a great thing to see. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. That, um, that part of like being a tryhard as a kid and just like nakedly wearing on your sleeve, your need for somebody's approval and validation and like the emotional roller coaster of like, when you get it for a second, like you make a joke that makes them laugh. And then Mm -hmm. the next moment you say something that they ignore and you crash. And it's like, when you ride (laughs) that coaster, it's like really Mm -hmm. exhilarating and exhausting. And I, and I was, I so was that kid who like you, you know, like you like latch on to these cool older guys who seem really confident and sort of settled into their masculinity in a way that you really admire. At least I did. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you want that for yourself. You sort of want to be them. You want to be with them. It's like so many feelings at once. And also, like you said, it's like you don't know exactly like where this is all coming from. There's just like this internal engine that's like pushing you towards this guy. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know like what you want out of him. Like, and even if you did get what you want, you may not even know what to do with it. And it's like, I like the idea of like Jamie being like really energized and motivated. But if you were to ask him like what his ultimate goal here is, I don't think he could even name it. And it's, right. I think um, a lot of the movie is about him figuring out like, what what do I even really want here? And what what and who am I interested in? Um, and and I'm I'm just so glad that you, you found like joy and laughter in those those small wins. Cause yeah, I, I definitely, you know, we, we really wanted this movie to be a good time. And we wanted to celebrate with Jamie when he does have those wins and, and show that like mm-hmm. this character has like so much like joy and love baked into him that like when he's mm-hmm. given permission to let it out it just comes out so strongly like he's just like got so much love to give and that was like another thing that I was like oh when when we see those little windows into um, that part of himself I think I, hopefully it gives the audience faith that like later in life when he really um, is able to express that more openly it's just all going to come flooding out in like a in a beautiful way yeah, and I and I love too that like the kind of um I think the the desire to connect to, you know, early in the movie again, I I don't think any of these are spoilers that he's you know, he's he's trying to get prepared for the trip, this camping trip that they're all going on. He's looking for the first aid kit and then, you know, when you find out later that he's brought a bunch of very interesting supplies uh to the to the trip um, that happened to come out uh, in a cooking scene that is just so cute, um, and again, like as a little you know, as a little baby gay who is always obsessed with food, um, you know, just just that moment was so true to life, um, and again, it just. I, I don't mean to, to gush, but it's just like it, it just it hits so many notes that like, you know, as as a young gay, like sort of figuring things out, um, it just, you know, the, the the embarrassment, the kind of like, you know, the the little triumphs, all the stuff, it was all there. And, and I just think that like in, in a movie that was very subtle, very pretty, I mean, I have to say visually gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it it managed to traverse a lot of ter- you know terrain uh, in a very compact uh, and meaningful way. So I really just I thought that was really fun. I I mean I really appreciate you saying that. I mean Allison, I think you can speak to some of the the Jamie cooking and spices material. Um, yeah, Jamie. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's too, too too big of a spoiler to say that Jamie brings a lot. He's a big. He's like a passionate young chef, and he brings spices along um, onto this camping trip just in case they need them for when they're making burgers and hot dogs and stuff like that. And I remember originally I thought that we should show him packing those to begin with, but then. Allison, my producer here, had the very good idea to delay that and make it a surprise for the audience. <laughs> it was kind of uh, Jamie's first victory with Dan. Oh, and it was so fun, too, because it's the first moment, because early in the movie, he's cooking for himself. Yeah. And then and he's making this meal and he's eating it by himself. And then suddenly he's just bursting onto the scene with a bunch of spices. <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah. A big part of that scene um, for us was he was getting a, a chance to really let his personality shine through in how he prepared for this trip and how he's thinking about <laughs> the burgers that they're going to have that night. And and it, it gives um, Jamie and Dan this first opportunity to actually bond over something, which is building that first fire and, and cooking the burgers with, with Jamie's spices that he brought. So it's one of those moments where we see, prior to that, we've seen him kind of stumble and struggle to get his footing with this new guy. But through his own passions and interests, he's, he's able to make the, a connection with Dan. I wanted to also bring up uh, the fact, I mean, there's been a lot of successful coming-of-age oriented stories especially in the streaming world i'm thinking of course of things like love simon and love victor and Heartstopper and such big boys is different and it's not the typical cast that you would see on a lot of those shows with the kind of body beautiful stereotypes of lgbt youth that we are accustomed to seeing in a lot of other media do you think that that will limit or actually expand the audience that this is going to reach. I mean, I think it'll expand it because I think that it's a kind of character that there's a lot of people out there that look like Jamie and Dan that don't get to see themselves on screen very often, especially in the roles of main character or love interest. And we were really excited by making a movie that did center people like that and treat them like three-dimensional characters. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like take, like Jamie is a big guy and he's attracted to big guys. And the movie takes on his point of view. And so we show Dan in a really attractive light because that's how Jamie sees him. And the movie takes that seriously and doesn't just turn it into a joke. And um, it's something I wish I saw as a kid. I think when you're a big guy, you just get a lot of, or really just a big person in general, you just get a lot of messaging that the way that you look makes you, I mean, beyond not attractive, just like not powerful, not worth focusing on, like like just inherently like silly, like everything you do is silly and any kind of attempt at romance is just inherent, is like, it has like a laughable quality. And so that stuff was really hurtful as a kid. I still feel like I'm working through it now. And I mean, honestly, like coming out, finding the bear community and finding a whole world of guys who are really proud of their bodies and celebrate them 
and one another was really inspiring to me. And I wanted to put some of that same spirit of just like joy and self-acceptance into this movie and show like a young kid who's got, in, who's got a bigger body, um, seeing a role model of somebody like Dan who is big and confident and moves through the world without shame about the way that he looks and inspires Jamie to feel the same way about himself. Yeah. I mean, as a kid who grew up husky myself, you know, it was like, that was the first thing that hit me uh, when I saw the preview for this. And I was like, wow, this is going to touch a lot of people who have not traditionally seen themselves represented at that life stage yeah. in film and television. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I agree. And the thing is like so nice is because the brother is kind of like the, you know, twinky looking guy. Um, in you know, in a way, right? The, the, but he's not the focus of our attention, and um, you know, in a way, like you know, his body is. You know, what I like is that it doesn't linger on his body; it lingers on the body of the protagonist. You know, um, and uh, and that we really come to find uh, to find him to be, you know, absolutely a beautiful character. Um, and and whose body, you know, again to go back to the scene in the taboo, uh, you know, or the, the the playing the game, um, you know, when he's dancing, uh, is just like the true delight that he has with himself is just so nice to see because we don't see that a lot, you know, we don't see young men with you know sort of huskier bodies just in inhabiting themselves joyously. And that, like, just like that moment was really amazing to me to see because, you know, we see a lot of pretty boys <laughs> in gay movies sure. and in gay representation, um, you know, quote, pretty boys. But to see someone who is a gorgeous man, uh, you know, a gorgeous actor, just living his life and being really happy and just having that moment of complete abandon was really revelatory and really cool to see. Yeah, and you also have scenes in the film where he sees himself at a later stage in his life, presumably yeah. collegiate, maybe. Um, yeah, and, exactly. And the uh, you have a, another actor who's portraying him, and he's you know he's still a, a stocky guy, and he's seen himself with Dan. Yeah. And and so he's positively envisioning himself in his future, and that's I think it's a really great an inspiring thing to have that representation in the film mm -hmm. thanks for saying that yeah that i mean um I, I didn't want it to be like he when he imagines his idealized version of himself he's like lost all this weight or he's like super ripped now like i like yeah. the idea that yeah. dan shows him that he can feel and look good exactly built as he is um yeah i think i think uh it you know again that was just like a, a way of just like like celebrating like bigger guys and not like doing this thing which I think can happen sometimes in movies and TV where like bigger people are sort of neutered or sort of given no sexuality at all and I liked the idea of sort of treating like taking this bigger guy and like treating his coming into his own sexuality exactly as you would treat that story for a skinny character yeah he actually <laughs> has a pretty strong self esteem yeah, and and there was a moment in the movie that I thought was really really um, interesting too, which was um, when uh, when when you know our main character was walking down a, a a pathway in the in the campgrounds, and he passes by 
uh, four boys who are conventionally kind of attractive guys. And they kind of pass by him, and he doesn't pay attention much to them because he's really thinking about other things. And I, I liked the fact that they weren't, like, they didn't pull focus, you know, these kind of, like, you know, attractive, you know, sort of hunky gays were, you know, they, they kind of just passed by in the movie without mention. And I loved that. Like, I thought that was really kind of, like, sort of gave you know sort of gave us the the focus you know they're like that's not what this movie is about we're not about the the four twinks or the four you know twunks or whatever you call them who are walking by you know jibber jabbering with each other this is a movie that's something about something different thanks for saying that yeah i mean i, I mean that truly goes to show like the the power of interpretation because i never thought about the scene in that way but now i can totally see how it it plays into that um yeah, I think uh, you know that that scene for me was was more about the anxiety of like starting to feel really self conscious about what you perceive as like your gayness and starting mm. to feel ashamed about it and like the feeling that you have around groups of other boys and the way that you they police your behavior and that you you for sure police your own behavior around them so as not to just like incur their ridicule or their wrath um, and so. You know, I that that's that's what that part meant to me. But it's cool. It's very cool hearing what you thought because I I truly never thought about it in that way, and I could see how that works. The film is um, is it supposed to be set in Texas? It's actually supposed. To, I mean, it's it's a little vague, but it's really supposed to take place in California. Yeah, because you shot. I think I read that you shot this at Lake Arrowhead in the Inland Empire. Yeah, so that was um, the Lake Arrowhead and the surrounding neighborhoods. It's sort of over by Big Bear. Yeah. Um, not not too far outside of LA, right? Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Richie. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I was just curious because yeah, because I I loved one of the things I loved about the movie too is uh, one of the first scenes is we see him wearing a Langer's T-shirt, and um, you know Richie, I, I really felt like this was the, the, like a little uh, like a little sort of like a little kernel thrown out there, you know. And then you know he mentions also you know his bar mitzvah. And so, and then the, the 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 scenery felt so focused on that kind of like California vibe. I loved, I loved those little those little kind of you know breadcrumbs thrown out there. I thought that was so fun. Your eye for detail is like the best I've ever encountered. I, you're picking up on things that I only dreamed people would notice, and some <laughs> that I didn't even think of myself. But. Um, Thank you for calling out the Langers shirt. Yeah, I mean, I love Langers. And I like the <laughs> idea that Jamie would be the kind of guy that would have, like, you know, restaurants that are very important to him that he represents. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah, the Californianist, I think, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, again, a lot of the credit of that goes to, well, A, our producers, Allison and Connor here, for giving us access to these places to shoot in. Because it's not easy shooting a movie in the mountains with a bunch of people and hold, just holding the entire ship together. And we had our fair share of challenges shooting up there. I mean, everything from the rain to the cold to the mud to the bugs and <laughs> <laughs> everything in between. Our, our lights were powered by portable oh, rechargeable God. generators. So if those go out, then 
we're gonna have to do a different scene and sometimes <laughs> like the like coffee that. machine would like drain the generators and so then our lights <laughs> would just shut off in the middle of a shot and we got caught in like it, a thunderstorm in the middle of the night and had to wrap out as fast as we could and just caravan down like unpaved road there were some gnarly, there were some gnarly sort of gorilla moments but i think it, it it brought us closer and this is your first feature length film right yeah okay uh tell us a little bit about how you got to here and where you hope to go in the future. Yeah, so I mean, I I grew up making movies. I've been really interested in it since I was a kid and just making lots of short films and sketches growing up with my friends. And then going to film school, that's where I met both Allison and Connor. We all went to USC Film School. And just, you know, like meeting collaborators there and just like getting better and um, just tightening up and, and, and learning more about all different sorts of film skills and I mean, it was just a process of like making a ton of stuff, really. And and I was always really focused on comedy. That was like the thing that I was most interested in. And I was glad that I did that because, I mean, A, it's what felt most natural to me and in a lot of ways still does. But I think it, it provided like a good backbone of experience and skill when it came to just like making something lighthearted and hopefully funny. And um, this was uh, this was new for me because because I had really almost never made anything dramatic in this way or that sort of took a character's emotional journey quite this seriously. And so that was like, for me, the biggest challenge just in terms of not well that and also making something that is, you know, an hour and a half long and keeping the audience's attention and keeping them engaged with the character the whole way. That was like very much our North Star was just like, as long as the audience is tracking what Jamie is thinking and feeling and how that's changing scene to scene, then I think we'll be okay. And, you know, that was just like that, like that process never ends. It's just like everything from, of course, starting with the script, but then going into how are we going to shoot the scene to stay in Jamie's head? And how are we going to edit it so there's not fluff that takes you out of Jamie's head? It's like all basically just always keeping that in mind. Um, yeah. And then next, I mean, I, I want to continue working with these guys first and foremost, and I want to continue to make features um, definitely with queer subject matter, definitely with bigger actors, definitely funny, but hopefully like slice of life and well-observed and with a sense of heart and compassion for the characters. And yeah, I mean, we're working on some new stuff now and I'm, and I'm really excited. That's great. Where did the journey begin in terms of screenings? Well, our world premiere, we were lucky enough to play at BFI Flair in London. So we actually had two screenings there to really kick us off and then Boston was our first one in the US and we've played at um, Provincetown, we've played at Outfest in LA, Frameline in San Francisco, different parts of the world, everywhere from Italy to Hong Kong actually. So we've been really, really excited with the distribution festival wise and, and the embrace that we found there. I know that a lot of people who come here to Palm Springs for the PS International Film Festival one of the reasons they like to come here is because there are a lot of distributors and such, and there's an opportunity to market. How's that been for you guys? Have you done any of that work here? Definitely. Well, um, actually, prior to this fest, we were able to secure our U.S. and Canada distribution deal with Dark Star Pictures, and they were actually here in, in person as, as well. And um, that will... Uh, enable us to roll out theatrically actually with the film in five cities in LA or five cities in the US in the spring and then we'll be online digitally uh, for download and rental as well as on streaming 
and then we'll go international and on airlines as well. Mm. So we're excited to go far and wide. Where are you likely to be streaming? We're not sure the exact streamer yet. We'll be working with our distributor to set that up, but we will be sure to let you all know. We're looking forward to watching the success that you're going to enjoy, not just with big boys, but with all the other stuff that you create. And you did a magnificent job on big boys, and and we're very thrilled to have had you here. Thank you so much for coming by and joining us. Thank you so much for having us and for asking such thoughtful questions. We'll continue with more of the GBC Happy Hour with Richie Roy. I'm Johnny Mack.